0: Local leaders, top stories, the news that matters most to you. The News Drive at Five with host Patrick Reynolds starts now.
1: Welcome to the News Drive at Five for this Thursday, February twenty-second, 2024. Thank you for joining us on News Talk WSIC out of Statesville in Cornelius. I am your host, Patrick Reynolds. You just heard Dollars and Cents with Joshua Doby every Thursday here on WSIC at 4 p.m. Brought to you by North Main Financial, a great part of the community, what North Main Financial and Joshua Doby does. Always involved, always giving, and great to have them as part of the WSIC News Talk family. This is one of our News Drive at Five conversation series shows, brand new to the network here and my in-studio guest. We're going to chat with him today, 97th. North Carolina House District Representative
0: Jason Sane is in studio with us. How are you, Jason? Patrick, thank you for having me. I, I, I'm doing great. You know, we followed Josh, and I, I feel like I should lower my voice about two octaves. And <laughs> he's always, the first time I ever met him, I'm like, man, that's a great voice. Isn't it? He's, he's, he's ready for radio.
1: One of the number one questions I get it, it, on radio is, hey, is that Joshua Adobe's real
0: voice? That's his <laughs> real voice. Yes,
1: it is. <laughs> well, when you meet him and talk to him and said, dude, we need you in a choir, we need you on air, we got do something with you uh,
0: made for radio yeah cut like my face right made for radio
1: <laughs> yeah Joshua do a very good uh, part of the community past a chair of the Lake Norman Chamber. He was on the board of directors for Kane Center for the Arts. He's given a lot, I know personally, to Old Town Cornelius with the Walks and Second Friday Street Festivals, North Main Financial, big part of the Lake Norman community. Great to have him with us at WSSC. He's a
0: great guy, good good asset, and, and and some someone that everyone should listen to.
1: Absolutely. I tell people that uh, he can't give you direct advice over the air with the radio show. That's not legal to do. Right. However, if you want to take like a little mini class – on finances finances financial situation listen to his show every week it's an hour and you get you can just tune into the radio and it's somewhat of a little bit of a podcast and you'll get a pretty good lesson on how to manage finances but as he says he stresses every situation's different call him That's right. <laughs> for specifics but it's like a little class
0: well he's got he's got limitations too. what he can do in radio i, I, I tell people I've, i practice law just without a license right uh as a legislator so but but uh he is he i mean just a super guy and well thought of uh the first time i met him and it's probably been 10 years ago or more uh just a just a good good person to know i was working uh full-time in sales
1: here at wsic when he came on board i helped orchestrate and initiate that that Getting the show on the air, that's the awesome. North Maine Financial show. So I, I'm not the key to it by any means, but I'm, I am happy to say, you know, I had a little piece of that. Little, I played a role in helping great. get him on here, facilitate that. So it's cool. Good, good to have him with us. Good to have you with us today. I think North Maine Financial is doing pretty well in the advertising market right now <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for Airtime sure. WSAC. Encourage everybody. Give North Maine Financial a call in Cornelius for your financial needs. But the man in studio today, Jason Sane, with us. House District Representative I see election signs everywhere. Election cycle, exciting time, especially if you're a talk show host on News Talk Station. Like Absolutely. I am. Now, is your election cycle involved in that for 2024, so or is that not you?
0: I'm up every two years. Yeah. I just had the good fortune this time and last time of not drawing an opponent in the primary or the general election. So okay. I've kind of got a free pass. I, I tell everyone that uh, you know we might have worked out a speaker deal, but I might change my mind. I'm the first elected Republican to the 2025. General Assembly. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kidding about that, but I am I am that. So it's been great, and particularly since I'm the conference leader, uh, my job, my role. Uh, I'm the appropriations chairman, but I'm also the um, uh, conference leader. So I'm I'm in charge of helping my colleagues get reelected. So it's an exciting time for me, and I'm glad I kind of got a, a little bit of a free pass so I can concentrate on that. There was an issue that came up, a uh, conversation recently with another politician
1: about the two-year term versus the four-year term. And I believe it had to do with Iredell County commissioners. Right. Would that two-year, four-year term discussion go your direction? Is that on the docket at all? Is, it it would have Ardell to office? come to
0: us. It would have to be sponsored as a, as a local bill. I mean, we, we let municipalities and counties, you know, they, they have to come to the state to, to be able to do something like that. It had to be sponsored by a local legislator. Um, I know my opinion on running every two years. It's, it's incredibly expensive and you're always running for re-election. That being said, I don't know that we'd ever change it as far as the State House or State Senate, but we might change it for you know a, a local election. That's been done and it's, and it's quite common. Mm-hmm. Let's start with your background here.
1: I've talked to a few politicians. We're making our way through all the elected officials as we can. It's quite been quite a series of interesting conversations and we find people that have moved here more recent years. People that are natives as well that are serving
0: uh, offices. Where do you fall into that? So I'm a native of Lincoln County. Okay, grew grew up there, uh, went to NC State for two years, and transferred to UNC Charlotte. Finished there. Uh, So I'm a a North Carolina guy, but but born and bred in in Lincoln County. Or actually, I tell people I was born up north. I was born in Hickory. (laughs) (laughs) Up north. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, there's
1: there's some Florida transplants that say, "Hey, I moved north to come here." Well, that's right. That's That's fine with them. So your day job? What's what do you do for a day job? Pe- First of all, that's shocking that people realize. Whoa, whoa, that's not your. The representative issue well, is not a full time position. I always tell for
0: people that being a representative is my side hustle, right? <laughs> okay. Um, you no, know, we you get paid fourteen thousand dollars a year. Actually, it's like thirteen nine something mm-hmm. some change, right? Uh, you if you're serving, you're paying to do it. You're you're really a volunteer, uh, and that's okay. We know what that is. I'm not gonna go on radio and beg for more pay. That's that's not at all what I want to do, but. But my 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 real job is I, I work in advertising and tech, um, basically media. Uh, I help I help companies get their um, their data into server farms, uh, also protecting their data, disaster recovery. I kind of act as a middleman with that with our company. Then I kind of that led into uh, doing more with with media and advertising, uh, helping companies get get to the right place to get to the right place to advertise. So it's a you know, it's a if you're if you're a company, you know what you're doing as far as what it is you want to accomplish, what you want to sell, what you want to create. But where do you get to next? And then after that step, as far as okay, well, we want to advertise. Then how do you get there? Is it is it billboards? Is it radio? Uh, so I act as a consultant on that as well. Hmm.
1: So you could do electronic. You could do print. Television, radio, basically do it any all. format. Do
0: it all. I used to I actually used to own a newspaper, so for seven years, own a newspaper in Lincolnton. So ran that a little community newspaper. It was weekly. So have have a lot of background in that. Where do
1: you think, as we've seen society change, especially I want to say in the last twenty or so years? We've bled away from print so much and gone more to electronic. Give it a thumbs up, a thumbs down, or just roll with evolution.
0: I, I think it's a natural progression of things. Look, i I'm an adopter of technology, clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, have have been in the print business, but I, I love the digital. And, you know, it's easy. I can get it, you know, almost twenty four seven. Maybe that's a downside too. but uh, nevertheless, it 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 changed the market for sure. I
1: heard a statement a while back. I uh, believe it was from this radio station, someone here. They claimed, gosh, half of my advertising dollars are wasted, but I just wish I knew which half. Right. <laughs> have you ever heard that expression? And I think I can't well, tell
0: people what that. Well, well, the best part is now, because you can go digital, you can measure. We know clicks. We know who sees it. We know the the target demographic. You can be so focused on what you want to do, uh, you can actually you know better spend the, those dollars. So get it, uh, I guess, focused to wherever, as opposed to...
1: How do we want to call this a uh, buckshot versus a sniper? That's right. Knowing your market and getting it, getting your product to them. Getting it dive into them. And how did you get into that kind of field? Was that where your
0: education was, your degree? No, my degree is in political science, but it's ah, all kind okay. of led to everything, right? So if you're running for office, you're advertising. That's how I got there. Okay.
1: We can dive more into that after the break coming sure. up. Thank you so much for joining us with the News Drive at 5 Conversation Series, brand new series here on WSIC News Talk. I am Patrick Reynolds in studio talking with Jason Sain, 97th North Carolina House District Representative. We'll have more with Jason and Patrick and Joe behind the board right after this. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 Conversation Series. Patrick Reynolds taking you home this afternoon. Thank you so much to our audience here at WSIC News Talk for joining us and coming along for the ride. Jason Sane in studio with us here at our WSIC Statesville Studios. You are obviously an elected public official, but you go way back in campaign experience, not just of your own, but others as well. Where did you get your start with your first campaign?
0: I always tell people that I started with um, the the 1980 election. Uh, I was seven years old. My parents were uh, Southern Democrats. Um, I was enamored with Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. and I wanted to make sure that they were going to vote for Ronald Reagan because uh, you know I, I knew they were Democrats and I, I didn't trust them. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, uh, you know, they're my parents, and, and but I, but I, I just so much wanted w- Reagan to win that I that I went into the voting booth with him, uh, Went first with mom and then once dad got off work I went in with him and watched them mark their ballot right and and I felt like I, I had a little piece of that election and I just always enjoyed uh following you know current events I mean that's I that nerdy kid that you know would ask for Time Magazine subscriptions and uh you know keep up this is way way before the internet um and would keep up and then in, in college you know came time to pick what it was that I wanted to do as far as a major um, whatever reason Uh, I said you know I'm going to study political science I thought I wanted to be a lawyer is what I Mm. I really thought and and then the more and more I got into the more I learned about policy and and really the construct of of government I I really enjoyed it and had an acumen for it didn't know how I would make money doing that Uh, but but almost immediately after graduating went to work on a gubernatorial campaign I was actually in grad school thinking I would be maybe a city manager county manager so I was in the MPA program at, at Charlotte and my friend, who's now a congressman, Richard Hudson, was working for uh, Richard Videnroot, Mayor of Charlotte at the time. Mm-hmm. He was running for governor, and they needed a driver and a staff assistant that would go everywhere with him. I lived in Charlotte because I'm still at the university. I could pick him up in the mornings, travel all over the state, and then come back to Charlotte most nights. And, and that was an incredible experience. And, you know... So, you know, younger people listening may not realize what a Rolodex is, but mm-hmm. I always say that, you know, that's where I built my Rolodex because I was in every meeting with Richard Venroot and, and, you know, you, I was just a kid that drove in there and the guy to tell him, Hey, it's time to go. Um, but I was, you know, you know, shuffling information, feeding it back to the people in the campaign office, listening, learning, uh, you know, and, and then having those conversations. I had some of the best conversations ever. I mean, great to have him as a mentor, just a super guy, Moorhead scholar, played ball for Dean Smith, uh, Vietnam mm. vet, uh, just those conversations on the road and, and it just it, more and more I got interested in, in public service. Never thought I'd be in the state house, I got appointed in 2011, luckily $14,000 was more than nothing. I was unemployed at the time because downturn in the economy and I, our legislator had resigned because he had moved out of the district and my folks came to me and said hey you should consider doing this. That's how I got there. But but all that in between the working on campaigns really loved that I was a field guy. So Robin Hayes won that primary. So his opponent, who I'd met on the campaign trail for you know, being with Richard, uh, Robin said, "Hey, you know everybody in the in the Vendrit camp? Would you come join my campaign and help us work through those you know, wounds that happened during a during a primary?" And then I was the field guy, so I had basically I seventy seven west. So I got to travel all across western North Carolina. Uh, met so many people. I'd, Traveled all over the state with Richard and uh, just stayed in contact with those folks. Then, you know, doing different things in in, in private sector. I worked at the bank, I worked at, at First Union at the time, and um, then started my own company, owned a newspaper, did have a tech company. So, have done a lot of things that prepared me for not not knowing it, but prepared me to, to serve in public office. In 1980, can you
1: give up the vote results? Did your parents vote for Carter or? Oh, they Reagan? both voted for Reagan. Absolutely. They did, okay. okay. Yeah. Sure did.
0: Yeah. No, they were, they were, uh, you know, at the time that you you look at the district I have, which is very Republican now, but Lincoln County was, was predominantly Democrat. And my dad told me, he said, look, we were registered Democrats because we would vote in those primaries. So we at least have a say, so the Republicans didn't have any anybody to offer at that time.
1: Hmm. Strange now, as I've seen this, I guess, turn. Because largely red and Republican in this area right now, according to demographics.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it was it really starting with Reagan, and and mm. you know Jesse Helms won in seventy two statewide, uh, helped build a network across the state. Uh, Republican Party started getting their own at that point and, and getting to a, a nucleus. You know, I, 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 one of my other mentors is uh, former House Speaker Harold Brubaker. He served in the state house, I think, when there were like six Republicans. Uh, we're now a super majority. Uh, So to to come from, and and the fact that he became speaker in 1994 is amazing. That's a very short time frame when that wave kind of came through the South. So what was the first time you stepped into public service as an elected official to run your own campaign? When was that? So 2011, September, uh, actually uh, got sworn in on September 10th, 2011. Mm -hmm. Um, We had about a month-long process of the local executive committee of the Republican Party deciding who they were going to pick. I get picked. Uh, then the governor, uh, you know, as long as you, as long as you have a clean record, and, and there's no reason the the governor shouldn't appoint you. Uh, the party, uh, who uh, the person who left gets to pick, and then the governor says okay and signs it. Uh, so and then my very first vote uh, was the following Monday. So that sworn in on a on a on a, on a uh, Saturday, and then on on the twelfth go into my first vote, which was the. Um, uh, what was essentially the marriage bill, uh, voting on on gay marriage. So, uh, you know, started with a you know easy topic, and it's been game on ever since. With your experience with the Charlotte mayor or during the primaries all those years
1: ago, that was your first experience. Did you also see the negative aspect of politics? I asked this question because with the political. Uh, Office and leaders that I've interviewed, yeah. they see the good and the bad, and they talk about the good and the bad. You really got to open yourself up to be vulnerable and take some negative comments. Oh, I you got to
0: you got to have thick skin. and It's only getting worse. You yeah, know, social media. I'm, actually, I'm very glad that Elon Musk has at least you know taken a little bit of control over Twitter, uh, giving some accountability. You know, you've got there's people are very brave behind a keyboard when they don't have to admit who they are. Right, they'll say all kind of things. They, they'll lie about you. Uh, you know look apparently I got elected having murdered someone one time um, turns out that's not true but I had a lady <laughs> tell my poll worker that one time and I was like are you kidding me that is the most bizarre thing I think I've ever heard in my life uh, it, I mean one I had to get appointed by a democratic governor technically right, right who had to check into my background like no of course that's ridiculous but uh, yeah I mean things are said about you uh, things are misinterpreted uh, people you know they create their your own narrative and it's you know it's fine for me because I choose to do it, uh, but you know politicians also have families, right? And my wife, you want to you want to get the you know uh, hair on the back of her neck up, you know, talk about her husband. Uh, I've got a son who's 15. We've got a son who's 15, and you know they they have to they read that stuff. They see that stuff too, right? Um, you know, I I try to not to do try not to do anything that would embarrass them. Obviously, uh, I've, I'm a known quantity now, so you know it's it's not as People aren't as quick to believe what what's out there, but when you're first getting into it, I mean, if you've got some people that just want to lie, they'll they'll do it. And and social media, unfortunately, has been a, a real negative aspect. It's it's a great way to communicate, but it's also a, a you know a way that that those who might be opposed to you or just don't like your ideas uh, want to come after you. So I'm think I'm trying to put myself in your shoes at
1: this time where you're seeing the negative aspects as well as you know social media starting to rear its ugly head several years ago. But there's positive aspects you must see as, as you were growing up as well, of, of serving the people, of, of helping the community. What's the tipping point there? Because a lot of people look at these negative aspects and go, I would never get into politics. And some people have that tug to help
0: their neighbors and
1: community. What did it for you to say, I'm going for it, I'm going into politics?
0: Well, it really, the community service aspect of it. I, I had served uh, as a volunteer firefighter at our, at our uh, local fire station, East Lincoln Fire Department. Uh, kind of stumbled into that because the newspaper was covering some of the things that they were doing uh, and then became a volunteer and then became the public information officer because I could communicate with the media when events were happening. Uh, was master of our, our Masonic Lodge. Uh, we do a lot of community service there. And this is just another opportunity. Um, I, I don't know, like I said, that I necessarily would have sought it at that time in my life. I was 36 when I got appointed. Uh, probably had it in my mind I'd do something a little later in life. Uh, but as my wife said, look, there's an opportunity here. They're asking you to do it. Take them up on the opportunity. I think you would excel at it. So had had the best support I could have, uh, and my wife encouraged me to go do it. Jumping to this election, you mentioned
1: earlier that you have, air quote here, free pass. You don't have an opponent for the primary or the general election. But there's a lot of statewide races here that you are interested in and are involved in. Tell me what's what's going on, what are you keeping your eye on?
0: Well, you know, m- multiples. We've got a race for attorney general, which I think is gonna be very interesting. Dan Bishop's running former congressman, or current congressman, but will be the former con- congressman. Um, I served with him in the state house, he was in the state senate. I used to put up signs for him when he was running for local office the first time. So as a, as a college Republican volunteer, That's going to be an interesting one. And I think it's one that uh, people in North Carolina should really pay attention because you can either go far left with Jeff Jackson Mm -hmm. or you can go with someone I think more fits the state, and that's Dan Bishop. We've got a governor's race that's going to be interesting. Lots of money coming into that. I think today I heard, uh, or just the other day, I heard the the reports of, you know, Josh Stein has raised like $11 million, and and, uh, our lieutenant governor has raised, uh, Mark Robinson has raised something like $3.5 million, $4 million, something like that. Uh, and then there will be all this money that comes in from outside sources. So that's going to be the race really to watch. And we've got a congressional race in the primary here. They'll be satisfied one way or the other in March uh, soon. But uh, really shaping up with my seatmate Gray Mills, mm-hmm. who serves in the state house, good friend. Uh, this guy Pat Harrigan, who seems like a perennial candidate, keeps trying to find a district to run in. Um, they're running against each other, and look, I'm not knocking Pat, but. You know, he's new to the district, and I've lived in this district all my life, the 10th district. Thought about running for it, but my timing uh, with my family and my son wasn't right. So, you know, that's going to be fun to watch. Um, and, and look, those, both those guys are going to raise a lot of money and put a lot of money into that. And then you get into local races and, and state house races. We've got some that are, that are more interesting than others. Trisha Cotham down in Charlotte, who switched parties, used to be my aisle mate on the house floor. So the way we do it, the the Republicans are are one aisle, and and next to them is is the Democrat. And so I was kind of in that buffer zone. And Trisha was my aisle mate for years and as a Democrat, but we were friends. You know, you don't always have to hate the other party. And we got her to switch parties. She helped us get to the supermajority interesting stuff. I enjoy learning about the roadmap of
1: how people got where they were to where they are now, and especially the blending of the Republicans and Democrats out in Raleigh. I think you could add some more insight to that. And we're going to ask Jason about more insight to that as well. You are listening to the News Drive at 5 conversation series here at WSIC News Talk Radio. I am Patrick Reynolds. More with Jason Sane right after this. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 for this Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. I'm Patrick Reynolds taking you home. Thank you for spending time at our new Conversations series. And alongside me, we're talking to Jason Sane. Not only is he a representative for North Carolina, but also a host right here on WSIC with All Things Sane. Wednesdays at 11 a.m., I got all that right correct you, you got it all, all right. right
0: that's my my other side hustle to the side hustle <laughs> right is, is my, my, my my show all things same uh, david coble is the one i got to credit him with the, right. with the name i was, I was talking to him it's like yeah hey, i think I'm, i talked to justin he's like won't you do a show I'm like okay, okay that interests me i've done radio before um yeah i'd love to do that i think it'd be a great way to communicate what's happening in raleigh you know we try it with newsletters and e-newsletters and things of that nature like why not as a podcast and um, and and so I, but you know you, the biggest thing you got to decide is what are you going to call it and um, and Coble's like, well man everybody calls you insane he said <laughs> why don't you call it All Things Sane I was like okay fine and uh, we started that in I guess July uh, last year and you know get a lot of the lobbyists crowd and and in Raleigh that listen to it a lot of the reporters listen to it um, and of course constituents which is really what it's all about is hey what's what's happening it. You know, you get in whatever your regular line of work is, whatever it is, and you forget that what you do might be interesting to someone else. It's it, mm-hmm. it, you know, no two days are the same with legislature for sure. But but when when you can communicate what's happening, when there's hot issues going on, uh, you know, talking about that, people want to know. And it's there's a there's a whole personal side of that. We were talking earlier about you know well, how do you react to the negativity, but but the other part of that is. The, the real cool part about serving in office at whatever level is that you really get to interact with people. My, my, my preacher told me one time, he says, our jobs are not that different. He said, a lot of times they're calling your office when they're worse. They don't call you when everything's going great. They call you when they've got a problem. And, and if you can help them solve that problem, that's a, that's a really rewarding thing to do. And you get to know people. How
1: does that make you feel
0: when you, when you are able to find that solution? Is that a big you know yeah, to your heart? It's kind of the time when in our office when when me and the staff high five each other. Yep, got yeah. that one knocked down. Right, <laughs> uh, can't always solve every problem, but but we certainly give it our best effort. And it's and it's like I say, I had a had a call just the other day. Um, a, a man and woman had just moved here into one of the fifty five and up communities. Uh, they've got an issue that with their their neighbor, which is a company, not not, not their next-door neighbor, but uh, just trying to, to help them navigate what it is that they need to do and, and, and how to get them there is, is, is a lot of fun to, you know, take the problem, figure out a solution, and see if you can help. Hmm. You said earlier that you had radio background before you
1: came here to WSIC. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah, so I had my tech company. We were, at that time, building uh, desktops and, and servers. Uh, that's when you could do that, when they didn't sell them for, you know, Twenty-five cent at Walmart, um, and we were we were doing custom machines and and helping companies with their networks and so forth. And um, went to do some advertising on a show uh, or on a on a radio station in Gaston County, and the, the, the owner of the show said, "Hey, you know, come on, be on the morning show. Tell us about your business. We'll we'll do a little interaction back and forth." That's great glad to do it so you know get there like seven thirty in the morning and we we talked for 30 minutes and he and you know as as talk show hosts often do they they loop you into their conversation whatever was happening that day he didn't know I had a background in political science and so he asked me a, a you know a timely question about whatever was happening that day and he said wow you you know a lot about this You're, <laughs> I thought you were the tech guy I said well yeah that's my business but I you know love politics too and, and have worked in that and and we stayed stayed on, finished the show. So started at 7.30, went all the way to the 9 o'clock uh, break, <laughs> right? Glenn Beck, I think, was on next. And then uh, he said, he said, look, man, I love having you on the, the station as an advertiser. I'm going to be going to a conference next week. Um, my co-host, uh, good guy, uh, known Charlotte radio guy, uh, he was helping with the station getting started up. They were, it was WCRH at the time. Uh, I had to learn not to say W. <laughs> um, so they had to train that, beat, beat that out of me. But um, uh, he said, why don't, you, why don't you co-host for the week? You can promote your business the whole time. He said, you get a benefit from it, plus you know, with your commercials, you can talk about what you do. Okay, fine. Uh, you know, Free advertising, I'll go do it. Uh, he comes back after a week of that and he'd gotten enough phone calls and people who had listened and said, man, we really enjoy listening to him on the radio. And so did that for, I don't know, two, two and a half years, something like that. And then he sold the station, changed the format, but but it was it was a lot of fun. I didn't necessarily like the early mornings, uh, but but aside from that, it, it, you know, and that, that gave me kind of a uh, you know a, a start in radio and and kind of trained over a, you know someone who had been in radio for twenty years uh, helped me you know work through uh, you know some of my, my uh, good old Lincoln County upbringing and slang uh, that I didn't <laughs> need to necessarily say on the radio. But but it was um, it was a, it was a lot of fun and and it helped our business for sure. I mean, it was a great way to promote. And then, and then, you know, just things happen in life. You, before you know it, you're back on radio. Yeah. Grammar and enunciation, important yes. parts of this, which I admit
1: we all stumble at times. Uh, we about. stumble. And, you know, I, I
0: mean, again, upbringing. Um, if, you, if you put my sister on the radio, God bless her. Obviously, I love her. Um, wouldn't be the right person to put on radio, right? <laughs> and people say, how are you two related? You grew up in the same household because you don't talk anything alike. And I think a lot of it's just because I've been on radio and and have learned to, you know, communicate in a different way that people want to hear it when they're, when they're what they're used to listening to on radio.
1: Mm-hmm. When I look at uh, newscasts coming out of Charlotte, there's nobody there with I would call a traditional Southern accent. Right. Nobody on television like that. Yeah. On radio, yes, you have more personalities on the radio that are just more local folks. You, me, uh, but you do have that. You get. I guess people call in and say, "Hey, you're not from around here, are you, Patrick?" I'm oh. really correct. I'm not. You don't have the twang. I but... gave that away, and you. I guess yeah. You're you know a lot of people and just serving the community. You're on radio and
0: part of it. Yeah, you get to be a part of it. You get to. They hear you. They know you. Um, uh, you you know. And, you know, we can't go out to dinner without a conversation starting. Somebody, someone's going to recognize you, mm-hmm. right? But we're never, as, we're never as popular as we believe on our press release, right? <laughs> I always tell my members, like, if you really think that you're such a well-known politician, walk around your Walmart or your Target for about an hour. If no one stops you and asks you anything, they don't really know you. Good point. Hey, you yeah. know. We have a sports betting bill
1: mm-hmm. here in North Carolina, largely... I, w- I won't say largely, but you certainly had a hand in it. You tell me your role in this. This was fascinating. You talked to us off the air about sports betting here in the state.
0: Yeah, so so I'm sitting on, on a, at a restaurant on Lake Norman on a Saturday, as I often do with two friends of mine. We love sports, so we'll watch a game together, be out on the lake on our boat, and you know go grab lunch. And we're watching games, and I'm watching my two friends on their phone. And I won't say their names, but they're local, like very local, like Iredell County local. Uh, and I'm watching them on their phones um, bet. They were placing bets on the games we were watching and, mm-hmm. and we're about to watch. And I said, how are you doing that? I said, because I know that's not legal in North Carolina, and I'm a fantasy sports guy. I've enjoyed, enjoyed that, but, you know, just sports betting wasn't available, so I didn't do it. And they walked me through, and I said, well, where's this money go? Who, what's this company? What is, you know, again, not trying to judge. Help me understand. Mm. And I know there's revenue leaving our state. So it got me to thinking. And then the Supreme Court had had passed their ruling that said, you know, sports betting is legal. You can do it. Uh, we were just one of the states who hadn't jumped into it. So started crafting a bill, had a, a partner in the Senate, um, Senator Jim Peary, who also had an interest in it for the same reasons. He said, why are we losing money to Virginia and Tennessee and all these other states? We should be building our roads with those monies. We should be funding our schools with those monies. And that's how it kind of started. It took us three years to get there. So two sessions, um, a little unheard of because. You know, normally you get a bill, and I'm, you know, I'm the appropriations chairman, so normally my bills get through with without a lot of fuss. Um, and but it was a controversial bill because there's people who l- were fine with it, people who didn't care, and and people who were just absolutely opposed to it. So we get it to the House floor because of the way the Senate had constructed the original bill, we had to run two bills. So it passes uh, with one vote uh, on the House floor, but the second bill that would have enacted the law failed by one vote. So all within the span of like an hour and a half, all that came crashing down. Came back, reworked it, talked to members, really helped to educate them on what would happen if sports betting were passed. This past year, we got it passed about 20-some votes.
1: Are you already seeing the difference yet of that money coming into the economy, or does that take a while? So
0: March 11th, we go live. So we will see that right in time for March Madness. (laughs) Right <laughs> time, Did you design that fact too? Uh, no, did not. I was hoping we'd get there by the Super Bowl, but uh, unfortunately,
1: we missed that mark. Okay, you, you mentioned other states were coming up on a break here. You mentioned other states. In my head, I'm thinking we're losing money to New Jersey and Nevada, but sure. it's not just them. It's it's other states and offshore, offshore as well. Yeah, more for us to dig into there. Gosh, Jason Sain. Enlightening our audience here at WSIC News Talk Radio. This is the News Drive at 5 Conversations series. We are chatting with radio host, entrepreneur Jason Sane. Patrick Reynolds, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 Conversations series. I am Patrick Reynolds taking you home on this Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. Alongside me in the studio, our special guest today, 97th North Carolina House District representative and host, of all things sane, right here on WSIC News Talk Radio, Jason Sane is in the house with us. Thanks Patrick, for being with us. Ah,
0: great to have, great to be on with you, Patrick. This uh, I get to listen. Uh, it's it's a little different sitting in this chair. You know, you yeah. get used to being the host, and now now I, I get to be the interviewee, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> actually, <laughs> Well, All see things
1: sane. Your show airs Wednesdays eleven a.m. here on WSIC News Talk. You have a very different dynamic and format than what you're sitting in right now with the News Drive at five. You kind of do that. Your show. Uh, all things saying, wherever you are at the time,
0: correct. Where, wherever we may be, I, you know, in a, you know, obviously while we're in legislative session, back and forth. I came in this morning, um, you know, just just fresh from Raleigh as I, as I came back and hit appointments along the way. Um, you never know where I might be on any given mm-hmm. day, and so. Um, and I'm a tech person by trade, so I, I've got all the stuff in a bag and I can I can have a, a you know, makeshift studio ready. Uh, luck, luckily with enough technology and 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 Bill runs the boards for me. so I, I, I get everything set up. We've done it from Orlando. we've done it from Denver, uh, Denver, Denver of the West, not Denver of the East. <laughs> um, but uh, and then I have my my office in Lincoln, just depending on on where we're at, but uh, you know, I enjoy it because I get to interview my colleagues a lot mm-hmm. of times, or people who are in politics, or any anything that's a hot topic that uh, that's that's you know people are talking about. Kind of the water cooler thing. That what, yeah. what are they talking about at work? What's what's top of mind? Uh, and I try to get those folks who are in proximity to me. They're usually you know contacting me for some reason um, and get them on air and talk about you know what what's happening with them, get them. See what's what's making them tick, or if it's a hot you know primary race, talking about that. Uh, so it's 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 fun to do. Mm. Technology has really opened
1: up the doors for all of us to do it, this anywhere. well,
0: it's and it is amazing. I, I, so my good friend, uh, Charlotte City councilman Tart Bakari uh, he and I have a love of eSports and love love gaming for you know a bunch of old dudes who who really still love playing with you know <laughs> uh, call of duty and, and and that type of thing. But because of that, and, and I've had him on on the show a couple of times. Uh, he's working with uh, young people in Charlotte, but really now statewide helped form a, working with UNC Greensboro and some money that we put to UNC Greensboro, form a uh, high school league on eSports. And you just never know where things are going to lead to. And and kind of started because of our, our, our talks back and forth, and here we are. Mm-hmm. Your role
1: as the 97th North Carolina House District Representative encompasses Lincoln County. Do you have any political ambitions beyond
0: that? Or are you happy right where you are? So I, I get that. I get asked that a lot. And I, mm-hmm. and, and I guess for good reason, because a lot of people say, well, I'm going to start here and I really want to end up there. Um, you know, I, my take's a little different. I was appointed. I, I wasn't seeking political office when I when I went in. Um, would it be fun to do something else? I, I'm sure it would be. Um, I enjoy, really, really enjoy what I get to do at the State House. I am, I'm the Appropriations Chairman. So you know, I get to spend thirty-two billion dollars on your behalf each year, uh, making sure that we we get the policies right, that we that we put the money in the right places where where taxpayers get benefit from their dollars, from their hard work. Uh, that's fun. I get a lot of uh, you know enjoyment out of that. I, I get enjoy. We talked earlier about you know helping constituents through problems. I I, I tell people I, I represent the best district in the state. And I say that for this reason: I've got one city council, one county commission, one school board know them all, been friends with them all for a long, long time. We work on issues together. So I'm, I'm in a good space. Uh, when Patrick McHenry announced that he was uh, not going to seek uh, re-election, he and I had had that conversation. We, we had been friends in college. matter of fact, we had been working on separate campaigns that, that were opposed to each other when we first met um, and through the years had, had really formed a great relationship, friendship, and even were in business together at one point in time. Um, I thought maybe that might be what I want to do, but his timing and my timing just really didn't work out. I've got a 15-year-old at home. My wife and I love doing everything we can with, with that young man, uh, Jackson. He's been on my show. Uh, we both love sports. He loves basketball. He loves football. We've traveled with the UNC Charlotte football team. You know, I just don't want to forego that next two, two-and-a-half years with him uh, to run for Congress. And, and, and quite frankly, they don't do much in Congress. Uh, we need to send good people. Uh, we, we, you know, we can't just give up, but, but at the same time, for me personally, what, what was happening in my personal life, it just didn't make sense. And we looked at it. My wife was fine. She would support me in, in doing it. My son thought it was a cool thing that I would, might go to Congress, but, <laughs> but at the end of it, it, it didn't make sense. And my seatmate, Gray Mills, he and I had had this conversation over the years, just kind of kidding, really, but he said, look, man, I think you would probably make a great congressman. But if you don't want to do it, I think I might want to do it. So when, when, it, when it actually came about, Gray and I were riding in the car together to Raleigh. We were on an ethics committee together. And Patrick made his announcement. We both looked at each other in the car like, you do it. No, you do it. <laughs> uh, but, but ultimately, you know, Gray, Gray um, wanted to do it. And he's at a different place in his life. His, his, his youngest child just will be uh, starting college in the fall. Works out great for him. Right. So, uh, and I'm glad to support him and, and just, but, but, you know, I, I never say never, uh, but to say I've got my eyes on the next office. No, I don't.
1: You like serving right where you are. It
0: works perfect for your lifestyle and where you are. I, I, yeah. I, it works for us and it works for our family. It, it And, you know, I think I can be effective at what I'm doing. And, you know, I, I think that would be really the, if I, if I, maybe if we were in the minority, um, if I, if I didn't have a seat at the leadership table, it might be different. But for now, I, I know I can be effective and do a lot of great things for my district in this region, uh, which matters a lot to me. And, you know, got to remember that I came to the legislature when I was unemployed. I was looking for work. And for me, that's, that is always at the forefront of what I do. It's like, how can we make our economy, how can we make our state more attractive so that everyone has an opportunity to go to work, to earn more, and to have a better life? That's really what drives me. And And I get to do that sitting where I sit. Well my daughter is 18, just began her freshman year last fall
1: and I know those years of what you're talking about leading up to when they leave for college, you want to soak up every minute with them absolutely as a dad. Yeah. I, d- I did the same thing. I probably to annoying point of my daughter as well.
0: Well, you know you only get one shot and <laughs> and uh, the fact that, that we've been able to make this work, I mean the, the scheduling and you know and, I, and I'm look I'm blessed and I know that a lot of people don't get that opportunity and we have it and we're going to take it it's the most important thing to us and you know I'm not going to apologize for it i had many people say well you should be the congressman like well you know maybe I should maybe I shouldn't um, but it's just not right for me right mm-hmm. now
1: everybody I talk to I ask them about this question traffic which comes with the growth of this community Lake Norman, Charlotte, it's a wonderful place, and we can't all be the last person to move here and lock the door behind us. We'd like that, but we can't. So, the growth and management of that is on, I think, every politician's plate, uh, people asking about them as well. Share with me your fantastic idea to navigate through around Lake Norman and Highway 150.
0: Well, I've got a couple, but because I have to, I do a lot of business in Mooresville, so I come right. from Lincoln. I had to send a 150 like everyone else. So when someone calls me and complains about the traffic, I'm like, look, I, I know as well as you do. Uh, maybe sometimes more so, because um, I've been living it for for decades now. Right. And you know, I, I, I said it jokingly one time, I said, look, why don't we just chunnel under the lake? And this is probably 10 years ago, I said, we could we just chunnel under, Like we don't have to build bridges, we don't have to infringe on too much property, we'll just chunnel under. And I said this to Vicki Sawyer, and she's one of our transportation chairs in the mm-hmm. Senate, and, and I am you know kind of half joking over the years. now that Elon Musk is doing it, and he's tunneling <laughs> under uh, Las Vegas, uh, and now they've got some interest in doing some stuff here in North Carolina. Vicki came to me the other day and she said, "Sane, you're not going to believe it. They want to talk about tunneling. Uh, I don't know if we'll get it under the lake, but uh, you know, traffic is is a bear. And you know, I, I had a, a city councilman one time call me uh, one one of the communities here in Lake Norman. And he was, he, you know, he's complaining about the traffic. He said, "Why can't we get NCDOT? You know, why why can't we build the roads? We're the successful state, and all this is happening." I said, "Well, I said, how long have you lived here?" And he said, "Well, about 20 years," mm-hmm. and, and my wife's from somewhere else too, so it's not a bias on, you know, glad people love what we love. I said, um, "I said, well, hey man, did I don't remember you calling me in about 1995 and let me know you're on the way." And he says, What do what, what? I said, Well, see, you know, roads take literally decades to plan. Mm-hmm. I said, And we've just experienced this explosive growth and so many people wanting to be a part of what we have. And, you know, we're, we're really bad about keeping secrets. We tell all of our friends how great it is to live here. And then they tell other people and they start showing up. And look, we, it, it, we are blessed. But at the same time, we are blessed with traffic too. And, and, and while that might, might not be the blessing we want, it's a better problem to have than an area that's dying. Um, but it does take time. It takes money. Uh, we had to reform how DOT was was putting roads, how they decided. It was very political before. Uh, they just put roads all over the state and if you were a powerful politician you got roads in your area. We've reversed that but it still takes a lot of time to really onboard and, and to get those plans in place and we're competing. We're always competing with other areas of the state who are also growing. Did the representatives in Raleigh need a walk-up song when oh, they come into the Absolutely. Cabinet. So, Tricia Cotham and I used to talk about this, right? <laughs> we decided that Crazy Train would be overused, um, <laughs> given some of our colleagues, uh, but we, we played this game on the house floors, like, pick the walk-up song for this representative. What would theirs be? If they were, if it was like baseball, you know, uh, Chipper Jones always used Crazy Train, but we we decided that Crazy Train would have to be off the table, so then we had to choose from a, another uh, spot of music, but we, we had something, I think, for about every member of the, uh, of the house that, that got up, some people never talk on the house floor. But those who did, especially the regulars, we, we had their walk-up songs ready. And yours would be? Sharp Dressed Man. If you, uh-huh. if, you, uh, if you know anything about my history, once upon a time, I used campaign funds legally to, to buy some suits. And uh, a blogger went sideways on it, which was kind of funny. But I'm a biggest donor, so it was okay. I checked with me. Um, <laughs> but Sharp Dressed Man would have to be it. Plus, it's a great song.
1: We just got about a minute left in our time here today. Quickly, besides traffic and growth, what other issues are important to the folks at Lincoln County that they express to you?
0: Uh, you know, in Lincoln County, when I say I represent the best district ever, we don't want a lot from Raleigh. They, they don't, they're not looking for government handouts. They're not looking for, you know, over-involvement by, by Raleigh. Uh, what they really want is to, one, have low taxes, to have good schools, and, and, a, and a good health care system. That, that is really that is pretty simple. Uh, it seems like simple ass, but that, that's really what they want. Those are the things that are most important to me because it's most important to my constituents. Good talk. Jason Sane, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you it, being Patrick. here. Yes.
1: All Things Sane, hosted by Jason Sane, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time here on WSIC News Talk. This has been the news drive at five conversation series with jason sane as our guest in studio i'm patrick reynolds thank you so much for tuning in this afternoon we'll see you tomorrow 5 p.m for another news drive at five